Tag Tuesday. Good morning. <laughs> How are you? D did you hear that voice of mine? It was so joyous. It really was. It is. Henry spent the night with us last night. Was it a long night or was he a good sleeper? Oh, he's a good sleeper, but he does sleep with some noise. Oh. So he was in a little blow up. Now, just so you, I want to tell you, I as a grandparent, and I'm going to sound super old, when you start talking about the things your grandkids have compared to what your own kids had, we had zero. What do like, you mean? What the hell? Get specific. I mean, everything that they want or need. You know, like they used to have wipe warmers when we had babies, but I didn't have one. I didn't have a wipe warmer. Yeah. My kids just had to learn how to suffer through a cold butt wipe. <laughs> That's just what happened. Mm -hmm. I wanted to toughen them up. I wanted to make sure that they were prepared for the world. So I didn't want to give them too much, you know. I don't know why I didn't have one, but I didn't have one. You but, wait. You didn't do that purposely. No. Okay. No. Okay. But it sounds good. It really does. Sounds like a real badass mom right there, right? <laughs> <laughs> Truly. Let's prepare the kids for everything possible that could go wrong in life and don't make them at all feel good when they're a baby. You don't want them to be comfortable. You don't want them to be comfortable. No. Um, I, I'm just telling you, there are gadgets and toys and everything from when you wash your bottle and you, you know, need to clean it out and you need to get anything. I mean... You don't boil water to clean your bottles. Mm -hmm. Now there's like a special cleaner, bottle cleaner. Okay. And there is a little bit, there's a shushing machine that you can take with you in your stroller. Shh, 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 shh. You know, or a sound machine. Kids have sound machines. They have blow up mattresses. This blow up mattress that's in our room right now looks like, I told Henry as they were blowing it up, I heard this god awful noise and I'm like, what is going on? And it's the pump that comes with this mattress yeah it looks like a freaking blow-up toy like a blow-up pool oh my god like it looks like a pool like it's kind of like rectangular in shape it's got high sides and it's got this little area and it's got this separate little blow-up mattress that fits inside of it so it's legit cool like i could sleep on it if i could fit into it and i'd be very happy sure you put a sheet over that thing mm. he is he can't roll out of it it's literally like this little blow-up cool sleeping device nice i mean it's something but anyway he was rolling around quite a bit and that thing makes some noise Got it. and he also talks in his sleep what's he say i don't know because i sat straight up like something was going wrong every time my heart is beating like a million miles an hour because i'm not used to hearing that he's just like mumbling blah, blah, blah. like he's saying something i don't know he's not and then he's not telling family secrets no, he wasn't saying like, Olivia bit me right. or I don't know. Right. You know, no, no. He wasn't tattling or anything. Mm -hmm. But he did do this weird whisper. Oh, no. <laughs> no, 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 And no. I was like, no, no, red no. rum, red <laughs> rum. Like, what's going on? It woke me up at like 3.30 and I thought, oh, gosh, I didn't go back to sleep for about an hour. <laughs> yeah. Whispering toddlers are very upsetting. <laughs> no, it's like a, some kind of bad movie is come into my bedroom at three in the morning. And I, you know, you go back to sleep and you know what it is. And then you 
you get woken up again and the second time you're woken up it's like too much your body just can't handle it anymore mentally and emotionally i had to just like get up walk around take a drink settle myself down and then stare at the ceiling for a while everyone gives up at that point your body your system just shuts it down yeah Todd did not hear any of it I don't think although he's very responsive because he's on he's on Hod's side he wants to sleep next to Hod (gasps) oh that's adorable it is adorable (sighs) it's very cute the two of them together are really something oh sweetheart yeah so we had we have our Henry week we have him for two days and we'll take him back tonight and he is just the cutest little guy he's such a good boy yep super fun so anyone who has grandkids that live by them I highly recommend they spend the night with you you really get to learn a lot about yourself (laughs) and about your child (laughs) your child and your grandchild but mostly about yourself (laughs) about yourself yeah mostly that's funny um before we start the show I mean, we've already started, but before we get into it, I just wanted to give a shout out to um, one of our listeners, oh, podcast listener, if you will. Uh, yes. It's my brother, Ken. Oh. What up, bro? Ken is living in a place I've never been. <laughs> I kind of want to go there yeah. because Ken lives there. Alaska. I know. He lives in I Alaska. Mean, I'm kind of afraid of bears. Well, that would be part of Alaska. But I want to see a moose. That too would be part of Alaska. It's all that, very. I used to watch that one show. You know. Are you talking about Northern Exposure? That's it. <laughs> Northern Exposure. John Corbett. I love him. That's not what. That's not what my brother's life is like at all. I think it is. <laughs> well, okay. I think Ken is like. He's like the whole situation. I think he's like walking down the street. There's a moose. He's got a cute, you know, girlfriend. No. No girlfriend, a, a wife, <laughs> <laughs> my sister-in-law, Karen. And my the reason I bring this up is because my brother, my sister-in-law, and my sister-in-law's sister, whose name is Rosalie, they call her Rosie, all oh. three of them came and visited us. They stayed for about nine days um, this last time that we were in Hawaii, and it was so much fun. And my brother was quoting the podcast back to me, and I what? was mortified. was it my my was he was he repeating things i said or you said yes oh both (laughs) yes somebody's listening he's listening with intent and i'm like wait did i say that you know and he's like he's using it against us not against but just like conversationally and i I was uh, there were a few times i was like oh no i didn't did i say that he's like yeah listen i can't remember we literally get off this podcast we will record it I will have to listen to it. And I say I have to. It's very difficult for me. You yeah. were a broadcaster. I am not. To listen to my voice played back. It's hard. Hot will be like, hey, let's listen to the podcast no. on our way to. And I'm like, nope. uh, I'm not listening to that with you in the car. No, 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 no. Can't do I it. I can't listen to it with anybody else. That's private. That's private time. To- it is really <laughs> literally because it is cringeworthy sometimes. I apologize on my own behalf. Oh. It is so hard. So if somebody was to repeat what I said, I'd be like, I might even laugh at it because I wouldn't recognize it. There were a few of those situations, but he... You're like, oh, that's pretty funny. Where'd you hear that <laughs> yeah, right. from you? It's so interesting. Wow. No. Uh, he said a couple really funny things, but the thing that stuck out in my mind was he said, you know how they have like the Joe Bros? Is that like Joe Rogan's fans? or Do they call themselves Joe Bros? I don't know. Or is that like so. Jonas Brothers? Anyway. I have no idea. There's, anyway, there is a term out there called Joe Bros. And he goes, instead of Joe Bros... I'm I'm a tag bro 
Oh. Right? I, which made me laugh so hard because he's like, not only am I like a fan, but I'm also your brother. So it's like, both metaphorically and literally, he's a tag bro. So I just That's wanted so to let you know awesome. we have a new fan base and it's my brother. <laughs> I have no brother. I have one brother. He would not be listening to the podcast. We're so not I, his demographic. We're not his demographic, but I'm just saying I'm applauding Ken mm -hmm. because that is so nice of him to listen to us it and really actually is. support us. It's very sweet. Really what we could ask him to do now is rate, review, and subscribe. He's subscribed. Um, I'm going to have him rate for sure. Just please give us five stars go go don't give us three <laughs> no don't give us three i think we've gone over this before my mother did do a 3.5 star review when we first came out a couple years ago and she did a great little blurb about how awesome we are but she gave us 3.5 stars i'm sorry it's still the greatest thing that's ever happened i don't understand mom <laughs> i don't understand it either other than it's a glimpse into my childhood oh. and into who, what, how I was raised. It's always, uh, the bar has to be set a little higher. So Denise, you were good, but not that good. You could be better. If you just really tried next time, <laughs> I might give you five stars. Okay, okay, mom, let's hear your podcast. <laughs> <laughs> it's just so funny. I never mentioned it to her. Don't. And she doesn't listen very often. No. I don't know why because she's got some time but maybe she will go go if you're listening if you could go back on to the old rating scale and change it to five stars we would really appreciate it i'm impressed that you think a lady over 70 has the technological capabilities to get on that purple button and actually make that happen that's really hard i'm just saying it's hard. i'm just saying she, I've never said anything to her before because I didn't want to hurt. I know she didn't do it on purpose. Right. I don't think that, I don't know, maybe she accidentally or she thought if, maybe she thought lower was better. <laughs> okay. Listen. But she they, still didn't give us one. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I've tried to justify it some way. Yeah. It didn't work. They, anyway. No. So that was my shout out. Well, I'm going to have to go visit Alaska mm -hmm. so I can see a moose. Sure. Visit Ken. Mm -hmm. um, I'd like to go ice fishing. Yes. Can I make an igloo? You can try. I don't know that they really, that's the problem is so many people are like, oh, I watched this show. I watched that show. And whenever they meet them, um, whenever people <laughs> meet my brother and, and his family and they're like, uh-huh. It's kind of like they're, none of the reality shows, they're, they're shows. They don't really yeah. depict what life is like there in Alaska. Although it, because whatever they're depicting, it's like a thousand times rougher. They have mosquitoes that will carry you away. What? There's mosquitoes? I thought it was too cold for that. Mm -mm. There's bugs that will bite you until you bleed. What? It's crazy. Yeah. Do they have snakes there? I want to say yes, but to be honest, I don't know. See, if they don't have snakes, I'm I'm good to go. Listen, in, I'll put in Alaska, some deet on. <laughs> yeah, deet for sure. But in Alaska, it's all up here. It's all six feet and up. It's not down on the ground as much as it's up here attacking you. You know what I'm saying? Uh. Yeah. Bears walking. I don't know what you're talking. Yes, I don't know, but yeah. Yeah. You've got animals walking through the village that will pick up your little dog and, and that's the end of the dog. <laughs> you know, it's like, oh, it's, it's rough living up there, but they, they make it work. And I mean, it's, he's lived there for a very long time. So, and his, his wife and sister-in-law were both born and raised there. Wow. Yeah. That's, that's something. 
Well, I have a great story that will be a great segue for that. Please tell us. Do you want me to start? We're doing weird news today so that everybody knows. You know. You've been listening long enough. You guys know that when we're talking like this, it's a weird news day. So go. It's a weird news day. It gets me jacked up and pretty excited. (laughs) Well, it's from the Cowboy State Daily. What is that? Out of Wyoming. What? Mm -hmm. Is that It's out of Wyoming. I've never heard of that. Well, I know, and I like that. I like the name of it, so it really caught my attention. But this is the headline: okay. Twenty mile an hour robot bear. That, <laughs> yes, say yeah, that again. I, I, the twenty mile an hour MPH yeah. robot bear that s- simulates grizzly attacks oh. to tour Wyoming this summer. Exciting. Go on. This was this was uh, news on April twenty fifth of this year, okay. and I'm looking at this. I'm just going to say if it simulates it doesn't look like a you know like it's not anyway I I wouldn't be fooled I'm just saying but a very fake looking bear mounted atop a lumbering radio controlled platform might seem awkward but this faux Bruin has an important lesson to teach okay yeah I'm here just saying here for this facing an irritated grizzly barreling for an attack in a Wyoming backcountry is a very scary situation very yes (laughs) after having bear spray and having bear spray but not knowing how to use it can also make matters worse now i just want to tell you this (laughs) and i say something i'm telling you this this story caught my eye because i am kind of afraid of bears well yeah if there's if i mean you know like if you go to yosemite and you're sitting in your tent and you're supposed to put all your stuff in a bear thing and you're supposed to raise it up in the trees and stuff so that it's away from your tent you leave your toothpaste in your tent you could have a bear inside Mm -hmm. like it's that crazy Mm -hmm. their sniffers are like crazy Mm -hmm. you don't leave it in your car nothing Mm -hmm. it's too scary i have seen Uh bear stuff on the internet yeah that is no joke no listen let me just tell you it seems obvious you are not going to negotiate with a bear no but this is the point like what are you supposed to do um i don't know what it is because every animal seems to be different do you make yourself big do you stand still do you make yourself small do you run and hide don't go up a tree a bear's gonna follow you here's what my i think my brother would say and Mm -hmm. ken you can tell me if i'm wrong bring a gun what if i don't have one i'm just meandering through the forest i'm just on my because i'm i'm experiencing nature don't do it don't experience nature Okay. That's what the TV's for. That's what Netflix is for. They can help you experience nature without going out into nature unless you have a guide by the name of my brother Ken who has a gun. Other than that, stay home. What are you doing? Yeah. What are you trying to prove? Why do you have to be outside all the time? I don't know, but this is what it says. There's a lot to think about in those precious few seconds between a grizzly start staring at you and starting to charge and slamming into its target in a flurry of teeth, claws, and sheer mass. No. But then that's a little too late to try figuring out how to quickly draw a can of bear spray <sighs> and release the trigger. They're not even mentioning a gun. No, well, no. I don't know why. They're in Wyoming. Yeah. Seems like everyone's got a gun. I think they do. Yeah. You really don't want to have to try figuring all of this out when the bear is in the mix. This is what the Sierra Club guy said. Duh. Yeah. SCI recently brought um, bought a grizzly mounted on a remote control platform <laughs> <laughs> through the Campfire Cons- Conservation Fund. Okay. The, the contraption is capable of zipping across rugged ground to simulate a charging bear. Okay. 
It's been made available to the Wyoming Game and Fish Department, which is training on seminars across the strait. The RoboBear has been used at a couple events so far and most recently in Jackson, she said. And now I'm looking at this. I will have Samantha put this up for us on our website. Um, but the rolling bear can't really simulate the sheer terror of a grizzly. Really? Coming straight at you. But they think that by giving you this experience will give you the idea that like, think about what you're doing and then be able to think on your feet and be really, you know, muscle memory. It says it's important to develop the muscle memory to quickly draw a can of bear spray from your holster since most bear attacks unfold in a matter of seconds. I, does bear spray work? I don't even know if it works. It's, apparently it does. It says hip holsters and chest holsters are the most popular means of carrying your bear spray. Okay. I mean, maybe it, it, maybe it does. I don't know. It says the ongoing debate over whether a bear spray or a firearm is the best defense against grizzlies might never be settled. Mm. To me, I think it's settled. Think? Although I wouldn't want to kill a bear. If it, I mean, if it's going to kill me, obviously. Yeah. It's between you and I. I'm going to kill you if I can. But I'm just saying, if you have the other ba ability to not kill it and just deter it, that seems better. No, and I think that's, an th I think that's the point. Is, but don't get in the bear's business and it won't bother you. It says enthusiasts agree that when properly used, bear spray is very hot and highly effective. Okay, good to know. I didn't so. know that. I think it's kind of like spraying water at a bear if a bear wants to come get you. But if if it does, it's it's mace basically is what bear spray is. Basically, it's pepper spray, Basically. whatever you want to call spray. it. But yeah, I I think it would deter it. It just depends. I mean, grizzlies are really mean. Oh, they they really are. But you just want you just want to give yourself enough time to like turn and run and yes. get to wherever you need to be that's not in the company of the bear. I didn't realize, yeah. though, when you first started telling the story that this was to, I thought it was a, a robot bear to deter other bears. No, <laughs> this thinking. is to teach you uh, how to be on your toes and have muscle memory so that if you are ever attacked by a bear, you okay. know, we're in California. The only time I see a bear is if I go to a zoo. Right. So it's not like I really have to be on my toes. Mm -hmm. But you start going into the wilderness, Yellowstone, you start going to some of these places, they're all over. Yeah. Yeah. You're going to you run into you go one. Up, yeah. You go up to Yosemite. Mm -mm. You better be careful. And those... I'm just saying. Well, and those bears are like, they've been exposed to humans, which is also weird. I think you want mm -hmm. them to be not interested in you at all but those yellowstone bears are like hey she's got food let's go see what's right. in her picnic basket right you know right. no i think most I'm not into it no me neither well i mean good for them for trying i mean <laughs> it's a nice effort they're trying okay they're trying to make their citizens more responsible thank you wyoming thank you state of wyoming for doing that um, I have a story, as long as we're talking about animals, I have a story about an animal as well. Um, this is, you know, there's lots of stories about dogs pulling sleds and dogs in the great white north and, you know, they'll come rescue you in the snow with that big, you know, those big Newfoundlands with their the barrel under there. Oh, I love that. So what, let me just ask you this. Does your brother have a team of dogs at his house? <laughs> it's funny you ask. He has a team. There's two of them. And they're... <laughs> I have two of those, of two dogs. I don't consider them a team. Well, when you live in Alaska, they automatically become a team. More than one dog's a team <laughs> in, in Alaska. These are, okay. I don't know what um, breed they are, but they're the size of maybe a large Shih Tzu. 
They're not pulling me anywhere. They're not okay? pulling anything anywhere. They're they're in the house, dogs, and they're really adorable, but they're tiny. I really thought your brother would have like, you know, <laughs> he's got to have like a, a dog that is almost a wolf. Like a husky, something but, like that. But yeah, but it's almost like he bred it just for like, it's an Alaskan dog that was a wolf, but he, he rescued it somewhere yeah. and now it's like, you know. Tame. No. Now it's tame, but you can't really be sure, so you have to always keep your eye on it. Don't bother it while it's eating, that kind of thing. Yeah, no, that's uh, that's not what happened. He's got the, <laughs> these two darling little dogs. <laughs> but we call him a team. Anyway, um, okay. we're going to go to Italy, though. We're going to leave Alaska for a minute. We're going to go to Italy. Okay. An elite okay. squadron of specially trained canines from the Italian School of Water Rescue Dogs has successfully been patrolling the beaches of Italy, working as lifeguards. Oh my gosh, that's the best story ever. Okay, so there are 300 of these units that consist of a dog and a trainer, and they are tasked with watching over Italy's busiest beaches. Thanks to their willingness to perform, their strength and fearless exploits, including leaping from helicopters into the surf, to rescue at-risk swimmers, an average of 20 to 30 lives are saved annually by the doggy guards, and the number wow. continues to rise each year. What kind of dog is it? Does it say? Well, there's pictures of these dogs, and I'm telling you, they're all different kinds of breeds. Most of them oh. are sort of a golden retriever-looking dog. They're a larger mm. dog. But remember back in the day when in order to be a flight attendant you had to be like a model and you were yes. working as a flight attendant to make money while you weren't modeling yes this is what these dogs look like they're like the most oh. gorgeous dogs you've ever seen <laughs> in your life and they have they're a, not taking the mangy mutt no, from the pound there's no and they're like no they're <laughs> no they, they have a standard yeah. of dogs so that, you know, people are like more prone to like, yeah. oh, that looks like a dog I want rescuing me. If this dog came just swimming out to you in the surf, you'd be like, hey, what are you doing? Earlier this month, when several families, including eight children, were imperiled by strong wind and wave conditions, while 330 feet from shore, three canine lifeguards and their trainers rushed in to save the day. With the help from their human companions, dogs Eros, Maya, and Mira pulled everyone to safety in about 15 minutes. The program is the brainchild of a 59-year-old man. Um, his name is Ferruccio Palingia. I'm sure I said that wrong. Sorry to all. My... You're Italian. You should get it right. Sorry. Sorry to all my brethren out there. He got the idea. <laughs> he got the idea that dogs would make excellent lifeguards back in 89 from watching his own Newfoundland just mm -hmm. immensely power through the water with without a problem he's like wait a minute he pulled this dog pulled a water-filled dinghy with three people on board for about a half an hour and he was like wait a minute a human can't do that so in order for a dog to qualify for this special program it takes 18 months of basic training and only those dogs who successfully complete the required steps are deemed ready to move on to the more intensive aspects of life-saving which includes jumping from the helicopters and leaping from speeding boats i mean these are like the navy seals of italian dogs right <laughs> i love the concept of it mm -hmm. first of all we've talked about this i love animals right. i love the fact that there are dogs 
and animals in particular, like cats, they all have a purpose. Right. Like their instinctual purpose and like a golden retriever or Newfoundland, they're all water dogs. Yeah. Right? They're hunting water dogs. They've webbed feet. They have a purpose. They probably thrive in this they love condition it. because they feel so good about themselves. Yeah, they love it. These teams are recognized for being especially effective in the face of large-scale life-or-death scenarios. Thanks to their special training, they're better able to carry out the um, simultaneous rescue of multiple swimmers in situations where the capabilities of one or two lifeguards could be very easily overwhelmed. But you got a pup with you. And now all of a sudden, right. like the whole demographic changes. Um, to be able to use a dog in a water rescue mission gives the rescuers a leg up. The rescuer who operates on his own is alone, but we are never alone. We always train in a team with our dog. So it's what they call a six-legged unit. Oh, that's hilarious and cute. I am able to conserve my energy and become a more effective rescuer, said one of the rescuers. To make people understand, I always say, to pull a sled, it takes six dogs. To pull six people, you only need one dog. One dog. While the success of the program is partially attributed to the dog's acutely attuned survival instincts that help them find the safest route to shore... They can, they instinctually know how to do that, as well as their stamina and ability to follow commands. The rescuers believe that the emotional component that they bring to their work cannot be underestimated. The presence of a dog will lighten a situation. The biggest reward is the emotion that the dog and the owner feel when the rescue is complete, which furthers the special bond between the two of them. Now, right now, Italy is the only country that... Uh, recognizes certified canine lifeguards. However, training centers have been set up in Germany, Switzerland, and the United States. Oh, good. All right. Okay. Well, I'm going to bring us, we're going to stay in Europe. Oh, good. We're going to stay in the UK. Um, in Well, Edinburgh. The Edinburgh News uh, reported this, and this was the headline. Lamb found in car Mm -mm. next to 10,000 euro of heroin and cocaine and a bag of chips (laughs) bag of chips is the best part i love it yeah if you're you're gonna get hungry with all that cocaine 100 percent. actually you don't get hungry i don't think with that that's a different stimulant that makes you not hungry (laughs) don't understand where the lamb came in but we'll find out okay good Uh, a lamb has been found in the back of a car alongside roughly ten thousand euro worth of class a drugs Mm. on saturday april 22nd a police dog named billy here we go again dogs doing their work doing the best they're doing the lord's work everywhere. everywhere sift out the drugs and the lamb who had who was seen pictured next to the bag of chips. Oh, honey. The woolly passenger was rescued by police Scotland around 6.10 p.m. and taken in by a farmer. After the car was pulled over by M70, uh, on the M74 in Gla- Glasgow, officers recovered an estimated $7,000 euros worth of heroin and $3,000 euros worth of cocaine. I can't get it in my brain that I'm back in Europe here. <laughs> I'm looking at this little lamb it's the cutest little lamb he's a little you picture a lamb at easter or next to jesus this is the lamb (laughs) next to wait is it 
how the lamb? It's white and furry, and it's got his mouth opening. And you can tell he's going bah bah. He's like, why am I in the back of this car? The car's nice. Like I'm expecting. When I read this at first, I was expecting some kind of janky ass car or something. You know? Yeah. But no. Yeah. Nope. Road police. Road police colleagues shared the incident on social media, joking that the car was not a Lamborghini. Oh. oh. <laughs> Don't we love these little? Things that people do for social media attention. The puns? This is, uh huh. Okay. A Twitter post said officers from Glasgow stopped the vehicle, not a Lamborghini, mm. on the um, northbound um, M74 yesterday. According to the police, um, two men aged 52 and 53, and one woman aged 38. There's always one woman. What? Can she just not stay out of the mix? No. Women, stay away. No, she Gosh. found her man, and she's like, "I sure, Chad, I'm going all in. Sure. I'm all in. I'll do whatever you Cocaine, want. Cocaine, everything you've got. Give me a bag of chips and bring a lamb, and we're all good to go. How did the lamb get all in arrested? the car? I don't know. They were all arrested with drug char with drug um, offenses. A search of the car was carried out um, by the assistant from the drug dog drug dog unit. I don't know how the do the lamb got in there. It never told us how it happened. I'm just saying that weird things happen all over the world. And when you are working in Edinburgh and you pull over a car and you find a lamb, drugs, and a bag of chips, you know it's your lucky day. It's a great day at work in Scotland. It's going, it's, <laughs> it is popping in Scotland. I just love the thought of wildlife in a car, whether there's drugs or not. <laughs> I, I have seen some funny things. Do you remember um, Rob... Deerdick, he used to have a show called Robin Big. Yes. He just okay, he's so just ridiculousness now. He's just ridiculousness yeah. now. But Rob Deerdick used to have this fun factory, did all of these things back in the day. My kids were younger when we were watching all of this. Mm -hmm. And he's just a funny kid. Yeah, he's good. Anyway, Robin Big was the adventures of Rob Deerdick and his friend Big Black. <laughs> Who? And I don't have to describe what Big Black looked like. He was big and he was black. And Nick. they would do the funniest things together. And one of the things they decided to do was get a mini horse. <sighs> and they drove to Norco, California, which is horse country, USA. Mm -hmm. That's what it's called. Mm -hmm. It's called like Horse Town, USA or something. That's the official name of, of Norco. It's considered North Corona. That's what Norco is if, for all of you who are wondering where that is. Okay, hold up. Is that uh -huh. literally why that's called that? Okay, uh -huh. I've lived here most of my life, <laughs> but this—I'm telling you something you didn't know. The name of the town is Norco. It's—it's it's, that's not just a nickname like Soho. It's really called Norco. It is really called Norco, but it's, but it's North called Norco because it's North Corona. Oh, my mind is blown. <laughs> I can't get over it. Go on. So they go to Norco, California, and they're wearing big huge hats <laughs> now they're they're coming from la they drove from la in his escalade i think it was sure, sure. it's all decked out they pick up a mini horse mm -mm. and big sits in the back with the mini horse all the way back to la as you could imagine a lot of stuff took place in a two-hour drive that mini horse couldn't have been happy to be in that escalade the mini horse could not hold him his bowel <laughs> movements first of all <laughs> 
And you realize how dirty a horse is yeah. when you're riding in the back seat with it. But it was hilarious. It's hanging its head out, this, <laughs> you know, sunroof and stuff. And it's it's a whole thing. If you ever can find that on any t- television, it is great TV. It just reminds me when we when we hear about livestock in a in a car. Yeah. Doesn't usually work out really that well. And and the funniest thing is that they took the mini horse back to his Hollywood Hills. I think he lived in the Hollywood Hills somewhere in L.A. Mm-hmm. In a, it's got a pool. He's trying to keep this mini horse in the backyard caged in. It just, he was roaming the house. He had a pig. He had a little bit of everything there. It was hilarious. Chaos ensued. Oh, I love it. And may big rest in peace. He, may big rest in yeah, peace. He was He's great. no longer with him. Yeah, yeah he, he, I was sad. He was great. All right. If we're going to be in Europe, I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to stay in Europe. Okay. Okay. We're going to Spain. Oh, I love uh, España. Yeah, I want to tell you. My favorite España person is is Carlos Sainz who's F1 driver just saying shout out to my F1 driver Carlos shout out F1 so fun call him the chili pepper oh yeah they do well this is yeah they do this is also an athlete uh, a Spanish oh. athlete you've probably never heard of her her name is uh, Beatrice Flamini she's a 50 oh. year old Spanish mountaineer Ooh. so she's an outdoorsy gal she goes outside unlike me yeah. She's like she yeah. she's prepared for the bear. She's prepared for a lot of things. Now, okay. I don't know if you've heard Denise, but the kids these days love TikTok. <laughs> I have heard that. And it's quite it's it's causing quite a stir amongst the uh older people. Yeah. Specifically the legislators who are trying to, you know, ban it. <laughs> Legislate the TikTok. Well, mm-hmm. uh, TikTok has kind of become not just famous for their, you know, the dance videos that you can put on there, which I have not participated in. I wish you would. I would love to. Let's put together a dance move. A little. <laughs> I don't. Why? Wait. You. I'm saying you. Oh. Not me. Oh. I said you should. You said we should. No. No. There's no we in this. I am good. I can't do it alone. You. You. Get Warren. No. Oh. <laughs> There's a thought, or Cameron. Okay, let's let's work. I bet that. he would love to do that with his mom <laughs> oh, on TikTok. Who wouldn't? It's just amazing. <laughs> well, what a selling the, point. <laughs> Beatrice is not on TikTok, but she has undergone a, a, a 500 day challenge, which is one thing that has sort of gotten TikTok in trouble. Is there, you know, the TikTok mm-hmm. challenge, and then people are like burning their faces off, and you know, it ends up being things that you shouldn't be doing anyway. The TikTok. Nothing good comes of a challenge. I'm just saying. No, like the ghost pepper challenge and stuff like that. Mm-mm. It's like, Mm-mm. honey, you just burned your esophagus and ended up in the emergency room. Don't do it. <laughs> well, this Beatrice Flamini has undergone a 500 day ta- challenge. It's not a TikTok challenge. It's just her own. Her challenge was living 230 feet deep inside a cave uh, for 500 wait. days. What? Mm-hmm. Wait. Yep. She's in a cave? Oh, 200, where? 230 feet underground in Spain. Oh. Let me tell you. Um, She has spent the better part of those. It's well, almost two years, 500 days, right? Living deep within a cave. It just says in the mountains of Spain with practically hmm. no contact with the outside world. She has now emerged. She's she's come up for light and air, so to speak. Uh huh. This is it making you nervous? Is it giving you anxiety? It gives me. I already have. I feel like I have like claustrophobia. Right. You you do have a tiny. I have noticed this about you. you, you yes. You do have a tiny bit of claustrophobia, which is it's totally. I I get it, hundred percent. But yes, yeah, she voluntarily this in April. 
she so we're in May right now. So in mid-April, she emerged from her cave. Okay. To pass the time, Flamini exercised, she painted, and she knitted. She got through 60 books during her time underground and says that she eventually lost all concept of time passing and documented her experience on two GoPro cameras. So somehow she had access to electricity. Yeah. Don't ask I'm me how. Under- Do you think this is one of those cave houses? Because you've seen those like I live subterraneally. There's like mm. all these kind of weird. Mm-mm. They build them underground because it's a nice temperature and... They can, you know, they have like the sod above them and it's like this whole kind of cool concept. Like you're almost pretending you're a troll, but you're not. <laughs> it's a, it's HG, <laughs> HGTV builds you your open concept hobbit home. No. Right. Exactly. No. Like that's the kind of thing I'm thinking. No, it's more cave than it is HGTV. I'll, Do they show a picture of There's it? a picture of her emerging from the cave and it's very, it's very cave-ish. I don't know how else to say it. She says... Like the floors are dirt. I haven't seen the inside. It's just her kind of climbing out. And it looks like a cave. I don't know what's happening down inside there. But let me... let like me. How big is well, it? Well, let me finish here. I have a lot of questions. I, I do too. On day 65, she says, I stopped counting and lost all perception of time. Flamini was to be monitored as part of the research into the effects of social isolation and lack of contact, as well as loss of the day-night cycle on the human brain and the circadian rhythms. Circadian rhythms, in case you didn't know, Denise, I'm a, I'm a scientist, so I want to let you know this. They're the physical and behavioral changes across a 24-hour cycle. And according to the National Institute of General Medical Sciences, these patterns, which include feeling tired at night, when you're hungry, when you should eat, the effect of body temperature, uh, your master clock, and that's why you have like that's why you feel jet lagged when you wake up in Europe after a flight and you're like, oh my gosh, something doesn't feel right. It's because your circadian rhythm is completely out of sync for the day. So Flamini living in a cave with no natural light, no natural light. Okay. So she probably had some lights that she brought down there kind of thing, but there's no natural light for such a long period provides researchers a prime opportunity to study how the brain adapts. And as it turns out, she coped very well. Because she she was made for this kind of stuff. She was made this for is, this. Is one of those people. I mean, you and I. I don't mean to. Maybe I should just not lump you in this with oh, me. Please. But I don't think we would fare very well. I hardly made it through COVID. Right, <laughs> and you were in Hawaii. I was in light, but the not speaking to people and not doing your regular everyday thing does have an effect on you. I think it really does. I think the light, in particular. I mean, yeah. They talk about that, like even in places where there isn't, there's short days, yep. like Alaska. Yeah. It's really depressing. Mm-hmm. I mean, people really struggle with their mental health. I can't imagine. First of all, I wouldn't want to be alone that long. That's the other thing. It's like, what are That's you That's the doing? other thing. Yeah. So, and there's no showering? Oh, I didn't even get into the personal hygiene part of this. They don't, they don't even mention it. I mean, where's she going to the bathroom? Well, I'll tell you. That part I do know. Let me just continue on. Are you ready for this information? Oh my gosh, I don't know if I am, but go ahead. (laughs) She said, Ms. Flamini said, I didn't feel anything when I saw the light because to me, it was like I'd only just gone in there. So I didn't have that sensation of missing the light and the sun and all that's out there, she said when she exited the cave. Uh, To be honest, I'm not going to lie, I didn't really miss it. 
Okay. That's weird. Yeah. Flamini. That's not normal. No. Flamini had no contact with anyone except for her support team who sent her fresh food and clothes and removed her waist. So Ooh. she was going in a, some sort of receptacle and then the people who would bring the food down would carry that out. It's like a bucket. Probably. I don't. With the toilet it seat doesn't on it. say. And plastic bag. Well, listen, we've experienced that out in the uh, wild. No, thank you. I know. I wouldn't choose to do that. It's not my but choice. But you might have to if there's like a big earthquake or something. You should get used to it. Well, there's a difference between I have to and choosing to. It's. I, did she get paid for this, do you think? Well, let's continue on. This rule of no communication even extended to world events and personal tragedy. As Flamini emerged, she had no idea about the Russian invasion of Ukraine or about the death in her own family. If it's no communication, it's no communication regardless of the circumstances. People who know me knew what I stood for and they respected that, she said. So it's this is her jam. This is her thing. The Guinness World Record for the longest time survived trapped underground is currently held by those 33 Chilean and Bol- uh, Bolivian miners back in, what was that, 2010? That's right. currently who holds the record. Flamini's cave stay, however, it broke the record. But it hasn't been confirmed by Guinness. And according to a Guinness spokesperson, they weren't going to confirm if the voluntary stay in a cave is a separate record and whether or not Flamini had actually broken it. I don't think this lady, I mean, hats off to her, whatever, live your life. I don't think she should be in the same Guinness category. She voluntarily went down there and she had a support team who was like bringing her stuff. I think they could maybe give her a separate she yeah. stayed under in a cave like she's the first one to do it so then other people could try to do it too but sure she doesn't get the same thing as those miners i agree so anyway anyway it is a, it's a whole uh, study now at guinness book of world records the they are still out they're trying to decide so we'll hear back from them whether or not they're putting her in a different category or how that's going to work um but what is happening though what she did is allow for further research into the effects of social isolation uh, increased risk of depression and dementia, alls, as well as forms of cancer and cardiac issues. So they'll be studying her for a while. She even said, I didn't even talk to myself out loud. I had some internal conversation and I got along very well with myself. Yeah, she's probably not a super social person. I wouldn't imagine. Uh, no. I'm just... I mean, this is... This is, this takes a certain person and it's not you or I. No, I'm just going to, and I'm, I mean, I'm not that outgoing of a person. And even this is like, never. <laughs> Lady, what are you doing? But I would be talking to myself, I think. Oh, I talk to myself just as it is. That's why we started a exactly. podcast. I mean. Exactly. Let's. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, like I walk around the house going, what, 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 where am I going? Why am I doing that? Wait, what did I forget? I mean, it's. It's every day. I can't imagine. It's, it's every day. I have so many interesting stories to tell. And so, <laughs> I, you know, I may as well not be the only one listening. So anyway, that's that's our lady in Spain. Wow. she She's doing the Lord's work, I guess, on her own terms. <laughs> I don't understand it, but it gives me a little bit of anxiety. But good for her. Yeah. Way to go. Way to go. Way to go. Yeah. Let's go to another European country. And we're going to go to Germany. And... um. It was, let's just say this. This is what the headline is. German court, naked landlord, (gasps) doesn't justify lower rent. Wait. (laughs) Those are all the same story? 
Yes. Okay. German court rules that the naked landlord doesn't justify lower rent. So a German court on Wednesday said that the landlord that sunbathed naked in the courtyard of his building wasn't reason enough for his tenants to reduce their rental payments. I am no lawyer. I'm not a legal genius in any way, shape, or form, but I disagree. Well, and you have eyes. I have a brain. I have eyes. I have, I'm a human being. (laughs) And we all know that if you are sunbathing naked in a public area Mm -hmm. where people could see you, Mm -hmm. you probably shouldn't be doing Mm. it. Because only the people who don't look great with no clothes on Uh. tend to be the ones who want to be naked all the time in front of people. That's true. I don't know what that is. Go on. I don't either. I think it's, I think it could be some kind of syndrome. It could be like a DSM situation where they need to like put that in the books What's because DSM? something's not right. What's DSM? DSM is like the diagnostic something for mental health. Oh, okay. And it, like DSM, I don't know what they're on, but it's like a DSM five or six or seven. And it's got every kind of known issue, known to man yeah. that they recognize as a mental health disorder is in that book. Okay. If it's not in that book, it it will be or it should be they up it you uh-huh, know uh-huh. i'm sure with all the weird stuff we've got going on in the world right now there's they can't keep up with it no i mean <laughs> no they can't there's so many problems but um so this case involved a building in an upmarket residential district of frankfurt mm-hmm. which included an office floor rented by a human resources company the company withheld rent because it objected among other things to the landlord's naked sunbathing wait and re- hold mm-hmm. up this is work? I thought this was like a condo. It is. So it is in an area where it, it sounds like a lot of times in big cities, and they do that now in inner cities, which is you can live above it oh, and have your, got it. you know, work below it. And there's a courtyard here. Okay. So it's a mixed use. It's a mixed use. Situation. And okay. the, the human resources company, which you would think that they would know the rules and <laughs> they'd be pretty, you know. That'd be it. They were objecting to the fact that they would see this naked man sunbathing where they can see him. They're trying to work and the dude is sunbathing. mm -hmm, Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Not not great. Mm -mm. The landlord's naked, in in response, the landlord sued them. What? Yeah, he sued them because they withheld their rent. They were like, we're not paying for this. So they used it as an excuse, it sounds like, not to pay the full rent or withhold rent for some time. The Frankfurt State Court rejected the company's reasoning, finding that the usability of the rented property was not impaired. I disagree by the plaintiff sunning himself naked in the courtyard. Yeah, but you can't withhold rent. You have to go through other you know other ways of you have to file a complaint or whatever. And in the meantime, you have to put up with this guy's naked sunbathing. In the statement... Um, it, it said in a statement that it couldn't see an inadmissible, deliberately improper effect on the property by him sunbathing. Oh, I, I disagree strongly, German court. Exactly. Oh, my God. I agree. Judges were ruling on the appeal against a lower court decision that went into the landlord's favor, and the tenant had only limited success overall. They found that the tenant had been enti- that had been entitled to reduced rent payments for three months only because of the noisy construction work in the neighborhood, not because of him sending his buns. Oh my! They gosh. didn't say that part. I injected. Thank you. 
The court said that the spot where the landlord sunbathed could only be seen from the rented office by leaning far out of the window. Okay. So they're basically saying that they had to really look for it. Is that true? Is there a photo? There's no photo of it. It just says, it also said that the tenant failed to prove that he took the stairs to the courtyard at unclothed. So one of the things that they were saying was that he was walking around naked to get to the courtyard. They objected and said that the plaintiff actually wore a robe, walked through the stairway, and then disrobed Mm -hmm. in the courtyard in the courtyard they couldn't prove that he didn't do it any other way right so So, basically what happened was old don from hr saw him in the mm -hmm. stairwell and he had on his robe which was probably one of those short robes it wasn't some great fluffy (laughs) spa robe oh my gosh and she freaked out was like he's in the he's in the stairwell and he's he doesn't have anything on kind of thing it's like you know how you sort of create a reality that because we know he's going to be naked. We know he's he's on his way to be naked. So she just rewrote it as he was naked. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Mm. So basically, you can sunbathe nude. No. In Germany. No. And not get in trouble. So that's not illegal in any way. No. I, I, I find it interesting and also disturbing in so many ways. Yeah. But no, it is not. That's so crazy. If anybody wants to be a nudist, I would say go to Berlin. Uh, Frankfurt Frankfurt yeah I mean the Germans are known to be much more open with their bodies than you know maybe the Americans I always thought and now I'm part German I always (laughs) thought they were kind of a stoic group that were kind of straight laced I um have that's what I would have thought one one would think but I well I can't just use one example I just know in college I had a group of friends and one of the guys dated and then married a a German woman. She was literally like an immigrant and she was, um, you know, she was our age. She was in her 20s or whatever. And and yeah, she couldn't keep her clothes on in front of people like she was constantly just like, oh, hi, you guys are here. Hold on. Let me go put on a shirt. Seriously. She was wild. Wow. Yeah, it was crazy. But I, I. that's the only thing I can't attest for an entire nation nor culture just by <laughs> by her. She was really great, but she was crazy. So just hearing this. By her and this one guy. And this one guy. The nudist. Yeah, yeah that's the crazy. Nudist. Oof. Mm-hmm. So sorry for the HR company. I would just try to get out of my lease, quite frankly. I, no one wants that guy around. He's a creep. At, yeah, at the I'm not very, into it. No, at the very least, he's been creeping around. He's a creep. That's gross. Anyway. Okay. So I will finish on this last note. Um, I wish it was a feel-good story. Not really so much of a feel-good story, but it's one of those stories you're like shaking your head and you're going, (laughs) what are we doing? What the heck? (laughs) Yes. So the headline reads, woman suing cruise line for allegedly storing dead husband's body in drink cooler. No. Is it next to the Dr. Pepper? If Diet Coke's <laughs> involved, it's fine. But if not, I don't know. But it says a Florida woman is, is suing celebrity cruise lines. Uh, as she said that the uh, company improperly stored her husband's body after he died on board. Wait. Now that's sad. I mean, you're going on a cruise, you're having a good time, and your husband dies of a heart attack on the boat. Where were so, they? Do you Marilyn know? Jones said that her husband died of a cardiac arrest in August of 2022. She was given two options. Either remove the body from the ship in San Juan, Puerto Rico. So they were somewhere there. Yeah. Near there. Right. Or stored in the ship until it was returned to Florida. Till they returned to Florida. Okay. 
She asked for the body to be stored on the ship's morgue, but the lawsuit claims that his body actually moved from the morgue to a drink cooler. Hold up. There's a morgue on a ship? Yes, there is. And it's good to know. <laughs> I'm just saying. How? I never thought I'd want to know that, but I kind of feel a little bit better about cruising now that I do know that. Oh, wait. How often but, does a death at sea happen that they have to install a morgue on a celebrity cruise? I bet you it happens a lot. <gasps> I bet it happens a lot. I'm just, I'm covering my face because I'm so freaked out about it. Here's, here's what I think might happen. And I don't know for sure. This could be completely wrong intel. Please. So don't quote me on this. Never. This is my idea. Did you know that when you fly, there's a lot of things that fly down below mm. that are being taken from sure. here to there. Yep. Like they could take bodies from here to there on planes. Uh, like uh, they yeah. do that kind of stuff, As right? they should. Yes, of course. What if they use the morgue to transport places from places <gasps> to places like... Someone dies in Puerto Rico and we happen to be stationed there. So oh. let's put it in there and we'll take it to the United States because that's where the guy's from. I'm just saying they make money on stuff like oh, that. Oh, I never even thought about it that way. Do, is this, yeah. I'm sorry, is this something that you know or is this something you're insinuating? I'm insinuating. Okay, okay. No, that's fine. Uh, it's please. A, according to Denise, if I was a cruise line and I had a morgue yeah. and it's open for business, yeah. Why not put somebody's body in there and make some money? I want to get a tattoo that just says ATD, according to Denise. <laughs> Why just not? Just saying. You could get it. Let's get. Let's start with a t-shirt, okay. not a tattoo. It seems I permanent. Think you're going, yeah, it seems a little committed <laughs> at that point. Okay, okay. And I mean, I appreciate your friendship and love the fact that you would be that committed to me. But I'm going to I'm gonna up you on this and just say, listen. You're good. T-shirts. Just get the t-shirt or a bumper sticker. I'm just saying. Maybe a hat. Um, it just says it just says she's asking for a million dollars in compensatory damages because um, from a child from a uh, trial court, um, and it just says celebrity has yet to com comment on the lawsuit. My question is this: mm. Was there so many people in the morgue mm -hmm. they had to switch him to a drink cooler? And and one of her complaints is the fact that his body was not kept the way it should be because it wasn't at the right temperature it wasn't cold enough cooler. is that what you're saying yeah mm -hmm. in the drink cooler mm -hmm. my the improper temperature to preserve the body it wasn't good my question is if it's a drink cooler i'm assuming they have to go in and get drinks yeah. also on the cruise so mm -hmm. they're gonna see george sitting there waiting to go back to florida i don't know how any of this happened and i don't know if that really did happen you don't know maybe his body wasn't preserved well just because you know it was a 10-day cruise and she's now just so upset and she's trying to get money who knows i just thought the headline of course it was clickbait and i went on top of it i was all about it i went to find it and i thought well this looks interesting so anyway uh, i'm ann police and i'm denise cooper we're two average girls we'll see you next time Episodes of Two Average Girls are free wherever you get your podcasts. Be sure to hit the follow or subscribe button on the Two Average Girls main page so you never have to go searching for new episodes. Our editor is Aiden Bloomstein. Our social media producer is Samantha Stone. And original music for Two Average Girls is by Jason Fries. <laughs>